Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. And we begin with Apple. Those shares suffered a downgrade today for the second time this week. Piper Sandler cutting Apple to neutral. The bank cited a weak macro environment in China, saying that that will dampen demand for iPhones. It was only on Tuesday that Barclays lowered its rating on Apple shares. We spoke with Jay Woods earlier. He is the chief global strategist at Freedom Capital Markets. He gave us his outlook on Apple moving forward. Two downgrades to kick off the year is not how you want to start things. Uh, we'll see how it cycles through the earnings season. Over the long term, yeah, I don't worry about Apple. But the, the day-to-day the, for the day traders, yeah, I, I could pull back a little bit, watch mm. the 200-day moving average as support. Uh, but over the long term, it, it will find another leg higher. He is Jay Woods from Freedom Capital Markets. Now, Bloomberg data show coming into this year, 2024, Apple was the big tech stock with the least number of bullish recommendations. Apple is also the only tech giant to see revenue contract for the past four quarters. Apple shares today down about 1.2% here in New York. Paul? Qualcomm has announced a new chip designed for virtual reality headsets. The goal is to compete with Apple's Vision Pro mixed reality headset. And Qualcomm's chip will be used by Samsung and Alphabet on products under development. Bloomberg's Ian King says this will help Qualcomm expand their offerings. They've promised investors that they will be more than just a mobile phone chip company mm. and they're trying desperately for, you know, in a number of areas. None of them have really taken off so far. Perhaps this is the one we're up to version 2.5 right now. Usually for chip makers, version 3 is the one that is going to win. That is Bloomberg's Ian King there. Qualcomm shares closing down about 1% in New York. We go next to Amherst Sports. This company makes the Wilson Tenet racket line along with Solomon Ski Boots. Amher has now filed for an initial, initial public offering here in the U.S. That story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. According to a press release confirming an earlier Bloomberg News report, Amher has picked Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Morgan Stanley as book-running lead managers of the share sale. Sources have said that Amher is targeting an IPO of more than $1 billion, and a listing could value the firm at as much as $10 billion. The Finland-founded company is backed by China's largest athletic apparel producer, Anta Sports Products. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. The Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis has named its new president. We've got more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Alberto Musalem. He is a PhD economist uh, and has worked on Wall Street uh, for a significant amount of his career, also at the IMF and also at uh, the New York Fed. He was uh, most recently the non-executive chair at the Mann Group and a member of the board at Freddie Mac. He says he'll resign those two positions. He was the CEO of Events Asset Management, and he was a managing director and partner at Tudor Investment. Broad Wall Street background and uh 
it looks like um, some experience at the Fed, so he has straddled both worlds. That's Bloomberg's Michael McKee. The Salem will take over at the St. Louis Fed on April the 2nd, and he, of course, succeeds Jim Bullard. He's now the dean of Purdue University's business school. Ten cents buybacks have now hit a record high. That story from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. Tencent bought back a record $1.3 billion of shares in December. The pace of the buybacks accelerated further this month after Beijing surprised investors with a raft of new regulations and triggered a broad tech sell-off. Daily repurchases more than doubled since the new rules were announced on December 22nd. The controversial regulations include caps on in-game spending and a ban on rewards for frequent lock-ins. These rules brought back fears that China was reverting to a tech crackdown similar to that in 2021. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. So let's move to global news next. And we begin with the Islamic State taking responsibility for those deadly bombings in Iran. Dan Schwartzman's here. Danny? Thanks, Doug. You're right. Islamic State claiming responsibility for Wednesday's bombing in Iran that killed at least 84 and wounded 220 others. The blast occurring near the grave of Iranian Revolutionary Guard Commander Qassam Soleimani, who was killed in a U.S. drone strike in Iraq back in 2020. According to the state-run Islamic Republic news agency, one bomb was planted in a suitcase, the other in a car, with the two dead detonating 15 minutes apart. Secretary of State Antony Blinken will be traveling to the Middle East for a fourth time since Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel as the U.S. looks to keep the war from spiraling into a regional conflict. Blinken will visit eight countries, including Israel, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Turkey. Blinken is looking to facilitate more aid getting to Palestinians in Gaza while also conferring with Israel on the next phase of their war versus Hamas. Police say a 17-year-old shot and killed a sixth grader and wounded five others in an Iowa school shooting. That story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Students had to barricade in offices. Many fled in panic. The suspect is a student at the school in Perry. Authorities say he died of what investigators believe was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. At least one of the victims was a school administrator. Perry has about 8,000 residents and is about 40 miles northwest of Des Moines on the edge of the state capital's metropolitan area. Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Charlie. New York City Mayor Eric Adams announcing the city is suing 17 bus companies for a total of $708 million. Adams says the companies have violated state law by not helping to pay the cost to care for the migrants after busing them from Texas. So far, almost 34,000 migrants have been bused from Texas to New York. A report from House Democrats says that former President Donald Trump owned owns hotels, owned hotels received at least $7.8 million in payments from more than 20 countries, including China and Saudi Arabia, during a two-year stretch of his presidency. The Democrats say that those payments violate the Constitution's Foreign Emoluments Clause, which prohibits federal officials from accepting gifts or money from foreign governments without Congress's permission. The payments were made to Trump hotels in New York, Washington, and Las Vegas. Around 4,600 soldiers, firemen, and emergency personnel are making a last-ditch effort to find survivors after the New Year's Day earthquake in Japan. The 7.6 magnitude quake killed at least four 48 people, with at least another 50 or more people who have yet to be accounted for. 30,000 residents of the region, close to 200 miles northwest of Tokyo, are still without power. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Dan Schwartzman, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. 
American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Daybreak, Keisha. We're about 10 minutes past the hour now as we bring in our guest, Edward Harrison. He is Bloomberg team leader for FX and rates for the Americas. He joins us from here in New York. Ed, thanks for being with us. I think we have to begin with the employment report that we're going to get tomorrow morning in the U.S., the numbers for December. I was struck by the fact that Bloomberg Economics is saying the data will likely show strength only in concentrated pockets of the U.S. labor market and perhaps reveal some weak underlying fundamentals. Is that a pretty accurate assessment, do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, what we've seen is a weakening in the labor market, but ever so slightly. Um, it, it hasn't been broad-based enough to, to know on an individual uh, print level uh, w- uh, what these specific uh, reports are going to say, meaning that you know this it could go either way in terms of this particular report we haven't had a deterioration enough in the broader labor market to be able to say with any certainty and so that leaves the the bond market in particular uh, on tenor hooks about what could possibly come out tomorrow yeah the jobs market holding up quite well what are the implications here for fed policy going forward I think that uh, what we're seeing with regard to growth, 2.5% is the GDP now figure for Q4, is in excess of where they would feel um, they would want to cut. And so, you know, if this jobs report isn't, um, it it isn't very uh, negative, then I think it means for the Fed that they're going to be on hold for a longer period of time. The The bond market has March as the first cut. There's a 62% chance, according to the, the swaps market. But really, that's very aggressive relative to, you know, the, the state of the economy at this point. And so I think the Fed is probably looking to cut later than that unless we see this number um, uh, undershoot expectations. So yesterday we were looking at the minutes of the last Fed meeting, and I think one of the takeaways, higher for longer, maybe the market uh, kind of lost track of that, at least temporarily. When you look at the fact that perhaps some of these higher rates have, that the total impact has yet to be fully felt, what does that mean for momentum as we move into 2024? I think that, you know, the Fed, it means for the Fed in particular that we're going to be on hold. Uh, and therefore, they're looking for the momentum of the economy to slow. 2.5%, which is what we see through, for the data that we have currently through Q4, that's too fast. They think that the, it's going to slow from there. We had about 5% in Q3. We're at about 2 2.5% for Q4. They think it's going to slow if it goes below, say, 1.8%, which is the, the, the level that the Fed thinks is you know, the 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 economic uh, potential for the economy, then as long as inflation comes down, we could actually get some rate cuts. But until we get to those levels, it's going to be very they're going to be on hold. And uh, and so the economic momentum is waning, but it may not wane enough for the Fed to to act very aggressively. Yeah. What are the signals around inflation at the moment and hitting that target band? 
Yeah, the, the signals are that we have goods inflation going down. We have the overall, the, the, the normal overall level of inflation going down as a result of that, as well as energy and food. But core services uh, is not coming down to the same level. We're in a three-ish, almost 4% level for the super core services number, and that's way too high for the Fed. We need to see that number come down by a lot for the Fed to feel comfortable that inflation is, is coming back to trend uh, very quickly. So there were many calls last year that we were going to see a recession manifest in Q4. Obviously, that didn't happen. The narrative that the market has been operating under right now has to do with the soft landing. Have we completely dodged the possibility of a recession, do you think, Ed? No, I think that actually what we need to see is, is we need to see the market say that actually no recession is coming for the recession to actually uh, come to fruition because, you know, this has been uh, the recession that has been watched and anticipated uh, like no other. And only now are people saying, okay, we've given up, the recession's not going to come. That's actually the sign that, you know, uh, we could get a recession because you need to have that surprise for the, these kinds of things to happen. We've uh, got the U.S. dollar continuing to strengthen five days in a row now. It doesn't really seem to be buying into this uh, narrative coming from other parts of the market that we're going to get a whole heap of rate cuts in 2024. No, I think that really what's happened is is we went to excess on the, on rates up to 5%. Uh, then uh, we backed away from that very aggressively at the end of last year, too aggressively, in fact. And now the market is in a quandary as to what does it really mean. This particular jobs number is going to be very important in terms of that because we've seen the rates market sell off somewhat and the dollar has followed that path uh, higher. And when we see this number, if the number is actually better than expected, we could see a very nasty backup in yields um, in, in the Treasury market tomorrow. So this is a very important number. Uh, it's going to tell us whether or not there is any possibility that the Fed can cut as early as March, which is what's priced in. And if we don't see uh, some softness in the labor market, then it tells us that the Fed's not going to cut as early and we could see a very aggressive reaction as a result of that. So if we're talking about an economy that's losing a bit of a momentum and that recession is possibly still in the cards. I'm wondering what that means about the equity market. I mean, at the end of last year, we saw some very, very powerful gains toward the last week of 23 and the first uh, trading week of the new year. Things have been a little rocky, but I think you would have to say that the equity market has held up reasonably well. Do we need to see a repricing of risk assets right now? Well, you know, it is interesting that we were you were just talking about Apple right before I came on. I was looking at the P.E. ratio for Apple, which is about 12.4 percent at the end of 2018. It rocketed up to over 30 percent in 2020, and it stands now at about 30, 30 times. So we're looking at 30 times earnings for Apple, which is not growing tremendously well, versus 12 times at the end of 2018, which was five years ago. So in, in the last five years, even though interest rates have gone up, somehow Apple, the same company, uh, it, which is valued much more highly, has a, a P.E. ratio much higher. That tells you that the Magnificent Seven, those stocks like Apple, they're richly valued. And unless the economy continues to chug along, you could see some air pockets in, in the equity market. 
Yeah, and as we've been reporting, we had uh, Piper Sandler cutting its rating to neutral on Apple. Um, Ed, we've got about uh, 30 seconds remaining. Uh, what can we expect in terms of earnings in 2024, do you think? I think that the, the market is uh, pricing in a very high level of earnings um, uh, uh, going up, and likely we're not going to meet that unless the economy powers forward. The, uh, you're not going to be able to see the Fed cutting and getting the number of cuts that we have in there and the earnings at the same time. One of those two has to give. We'll leave it there with Ed Harrison. Ed, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us and Happy New Year to you. Ed Harrison, Bloomberg team leader for FX and rates for the Americas, joining us here on Daybreak Asia. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.